You know, I woke up this morning and uh, sat down, and man, it was so pleasant. I, I, I tell you, I'm not into 99-degree days, personally, but I am loving the nights they produce, and I love the mornings they produce. And I sat down, and all I could think, man, this is just so pleasant. And then I looked up, and the moon was just so bright. It was almost like, a, like you could just, it was illuminating everything to the point where the little cloud underneath it, you could just see it and the color of it just starting to form. And I just sat there and I thought, man, this is so beautiful. It's just so pleasant and it's so beautiful. And then every time I, I, I see something like that, I just go, man, God, you are just so good. You're just so good. And then the next thought that hit me was, you know what? I want to be that. I want to be that. Because you guys know, right? When, when God created the world, and then where we live is just ridiculous. But after he got done creating all of this unbelievable stuff that we ooh and awe about, then he created mankind. And he said, now that's really good. And I just sat there and I thought, I look up at that and all I can think is God is awesome. He's so pleasing. He's so beautiful. And he's so good. And I know that because of what he created. And then I realized, and that's me and that's you. You and I are a creation of God that he actually wants to make beautiful. That he actually wants to make us people that when other people run into us, they go, it is so good to be with you. You are so pleasing and beautiful. But I'm telling you guys, this is what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. This was God's whole plan. It is, Jesus actually told us, it's actually to our Father's glory that you and I would bear much fruit. And that's what we're going to talk about, this fruit of the Spirit. That's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. See, that's what God wants to do. He wants to fill us with his spirit so that we actually look like Jesus. So when we got in the world, people can look at us, and this world is so hurting, and it so needs Jesus so bad. And tonight, I just want to talk to us about how you and I can actually live those lives that are pleasing and beautiful and good, that'll draw other people to him. All right? So before I dive in, we're going to pray. And I just want to remind you again that as I open up his word, Jesus, he's told us, it's like when my word comes to you, he goes, it's actually alive and active. So you're here and he's here. The God who created that, who created you and who loves you and has great plans for your life is here tonight. And he's going to speak to you. And when his word comes, we have a chance to say, okay, will I actually agree with what God says to me about him and tonight about specifically about his spirit? Well, I agree with what he says and not what I think. And then every time his word comes, he wants to teach us something or rebuke us or correct us or train us in something. And all four of those things, I'm gonna keep reminding us of this, all four of those things mean that something changes. So tonight we have a chance to change, to actually become more of this beautiful person that God created us to be. And then the T, that's the A is we're going to agree, the C is we're going to change, and then the T is take a step. 
So I just, before we even dive in, I just want to remind you of that. So as you're listening, Jesus told us, it's like, hey, just remember the life that actually rocks, that's good, that's beautiful, is the one who hears my words and then you put them into practice, all right? So let's pray. Let's ask this beautiful, unbelievable, glorious God who's here with us tonight to do more than we thought he was gonna. Father, that's my prayer. I'm excited about this message. I love the truth of it. But Lord, I'm asking you one more time to do more than we are expecting, more than we're imagining that you could do. Jesus, uh, we really do come to you tonight because we believe that you have done everything that's necessary to give us life. God, we want that life. So Lord, I lift up all of us here. You know each person in this room. You love them specifically. You know where they're at in their journey with you. You know what you want to say to them tonight. I pray that you give them grace to hear your voice. Because God, when we hear your voice, it's totally different. Surprises tonight. Changes tonight. Fill us with your spirit tonight. That's my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're in this series. We're really close. We got one more. By the way, if I don't forget, next week, I want to encourage you to be here because we're actually going to talk about the power of healing next week. And, uh, and we're going to be praying for people, for healing to happen next week. So if you know people who are sick, you know people who are hurting, have them come next week. And because uh, that's, we're going to see, you can't, you cannot read the scripture and see that Jesus isn't a God who, who, who heals. So that's where we're going next week. But tonight we're talking about the power just of the spirit. So we're, we're, we called the series Beyond These Walls. We're talking about 167. If you're new to us, that's because there's 168 hours in the week, right? This is one hour. But where it really happens, where experiencing God happens is in the other 167. So we've been looking at the church that was filled with the spirit of God and literally changed the world, who had impact like no other church ever. And so how did they do it? That's what we've been looking at today. And in Acts chapter one, verse eight, this has kind of been our theme verse. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, that's not in this one hour. That's all out there. In your city and in this valley and in this state and in this nation, I'm super pumped, man, as we got our team together. We're going all the way to Eswatini. Yeah, I see some of you sitting here right now. We're gonna rock it in the world. It's, this, is what, this is the life of Christ. So I wanna say this, this is super important. And if you're new to the Christian faith, I, I wanna make sure you understand this. Number one, we receive the Holy Spirit through faith, okay? You receive the Holy Spirit through faith. We just celebrated baptisms, okay? So Peggy and Brooklyn, you need to know when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, he says you receive the Holy Spirit. Now, let me, let me explain what faith is. The word is pistis in the Greek. It's sometimes translated faith. Sometimes it's translated to believe, okay? Here's what the word means. It's a deep belief, a conviction that results in complete trust that guides your life. There's a place in the scripture where it says the demons believe that Jesus is the son of God. They knew he was the son of God. So they believe that. He says, but they shudder. That's not, that's not the faith that actually changes things. 
Faith is when you not only believe, but you have a conviction that it's true and you put your trust in it. And when you, as soon as you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. Galatians 3.2 says this. Paul says, let me ask you one question. He goes, did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Okay, and that would also mean for us today, did you receive the Holy Spirit because you went to church? Did you receive the Holy Spirit because you tried to be a really good person? Did you receive the Holy Spirit because you were doing anything? No, this is super important. And then he goes on, of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. You heard the message of Jesus and it moved you to your deepest core and it brought a deep conviction. He is the son of God and I'm gonna put my trust in him. I'm gonna give him my life. He goes, as soon as you did that, you know what happened? God gave you his spirit. This is fascinating. Galatians 2.38, Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you, which we just celebrate in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You guys, this is super important. We receive the Holy Spirit through faith. See, and as you notice, a saving faith actually did what? As Peter said, you repent, which means change your mind, turn your life around, turn it towards God, be baptized, everyone. You, that's the saving faith. He goes, you do that, you're gonna receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you guys, this is the core of what it means to be a Christian, I'm gonna say it as boldly as I can. There are so many people who attend church who actually aren't Christians. And they attend church and they just wonder, why, why isn't my life changed? Because until you receive the Holy Spirit, Jesus called it being born again, which is, again is kind of a funky phrase, but he was just saying, when you receive the Spirit, it's such a new life. In fact, he says, you will be a new creation. You become a child of God, born of his spirit. And now the very spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead, the spirit of that beautiful, glorious, majestic, loving, peaceful, kind, gracious God is in you. Is that cool? Yeah. Now, if you're a Christian, don't forget that. That's who you are. And if you're not a Christian, I just want to tell you the greatest news in the world is if you turn your life, if you trust Jesus, God is going to come and he's going to give you his spirit. It's fantastic. Now, I just want to tell you, for me personally, this experience of knowing God intimately like that, experiencing the spirit inside of me, nothing compares to that. Nothing. When it's happened, man, it is, it is the most incredible experience ever. You taste and see that the Lord is good and you want more of him. You know, I, a couple of illustrations here. One of, the, one of the most frustrating things for me is when I'm over at somebody's house and for dessert, we're gonna have ice cream and they dish it out for me. Anybody else relate to that? You're like, what, do you, what, what is that? What is that little scoop that you just stuck in my bowl? That is so frustrating. I have, a, I, I have a rule now to my house. I am not dishing your ice cream, okay? Go for it. Fill it up. Let me show you how to do it first, right? Or, or, or put some hot fudge on the thing, man. Like, I want some more of that. And I was thinking the same thing happens. Like, you ever go to a wedding, right? And it's a buffet. And instead of you being able to put the food on the plate, they do it for you. I just go, oh, great. Here we go. 
One little thing, one little thing. It's like, honey, where are we going afterwards, you know? And the best experience for me ever was moving here and going to Cafe Rio for the first time. They do it right, man. It's like, I mean, that thing is loaded up, the burrito, they can't even fold it. I'm like, that's how you do it. And I live in Sugar House, and I don't know how many years ago it was, but I can't even remember which Mexican restaurant. It was one of the, a lot of them, like Cafe Rio. They opened a brand new one. Don't ever go after they open a brand new restaurant because they've trained their staff of how much to put on there. It's like they put some chicken on, literally, the person put some chicken on mine and then they took some off and they put it back in. I'm like, hey guys, I want it all. Fill it up for me. And here's what I know about Jesus. When you've tasted him and you've experienced the Holy Spirit in your life, Come on, right? Give me some more of that. Give me some more of that. And how many of you, like me, often feel like here's my plate and there's a little Holy Spirit on there? How do I get some more of that goodness in me? Come on, all you Brian Regan fans. How do I get some more in me? Well, man, that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. Because sometimes it feels like he's not there. And then you know what we do? We start trying to be better Christians. Oh, God help us. It's such a burden, and it's very frustrating. If we've received the Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, if it's power to love and forgive and have peace and joy no matter what, where is he? How do we fully experience him? In Galatians 3.3, the very next verse, Paul said this. How foolish can you be? After starting your new life in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Guys, this is, what, this is so key. You started by trusting and now you're trying. How's that working out for you? I love in Eugene Peterson in the message, he put it this way. Only crazy people would think they could complete by their own efforts what was begun by God. Only crazy people would think they could complete by their own efforts what was begun by God. So here's a verse. In Ephesians chapter five, verse 18, it says this. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, that word right there, be filled, is super important. I'm gonna unpack that for you. This is one of those fun little times I get to give you some understanding of the Greek word. The first thing is, it's an imperative. Anybody know? What's it mean when a verb is an imperative? What is it? It's a command. Okay, so listen to me, all you guys. I don't know if you knew this. Did you know that God is commanding you to be filled with his spirit? How many of you have ever felt like God commanded you to be filled with his spirit? Yeah, I'm telling you, we usually don't. We're like, man, I wish God would put some more Holy Spirit on my plate. And here's God commanding. If there's anything possibly that you didn't know today that I hope you know when you walk out of here is that God is commanding you to be filled with his spirit. Now, how cool is that? God's like, will you be filled with love and peace and joy? Man, I tell you, so here's the other thing though. 
the verb is passive. So he's commanding you to do something you can't do. He's commanding you to let something be done to you. So it's still a receiving. How did you, so Paul starts Galatians, he goes, well, how did you receive the spirit? By doing stuff? Nope. How did you receive? By believing and trusting. And now God's saying the same thing. I'm commanding you, here it is, to let me fill you with the spirit. I'm commanding you to let me fill you with the spirit. So just some, some little visual aids, okay? So here you are right here. And when this gets poured into you, what is this thing doing? What's it doing? It's just getting filled. Who's doing all the work? Exactly. You don't possess this in and of yourself. You can't do anything but receive it. And God is saying, let me do this to your soul. Let me fill your heart with my spirit. Now here's what's interesting. You've already received it by faith, but man, you are filled with the spirit through faith. And God wants to do that for you. Now, here's the other thing that's crazy. It's a perfect tense. It's a perfect tense of a verb. You know what that means? It means it's not something that happens one time. You receive the, that, that verb is a one-time deal. Perfect means it happened and it continues to happen. So really what that scripture should say is continually be filled with the Spirit. You guys, if you and I are gonna have the power of God in the fullness of our life. It is a day-by-day, moment-by-moment, continual filling in your spirit. So man, if you want it, God's like, I'm commanding you, let me give it to you. Quit trying to earn it. Quit trying to be good enough. Quit trying. It'll never happen by your human effort. It's crazy, people. I gave you the spirit by grace and I'm gonna fill you with my spirit by grace. Why are you trying to start trusting? So here's the first question you have to answer. Do you want to be filled with the spirit of God? Do you want it? Because Jesus said, in his classic Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, 5, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So the first thing you guys say is, man, do, do you really want it? Are you hungering for it? Are you thirsting for it? Romans 14, 7 says, the kingdom of God, so in other words, kingdom of God is, the, is heaven where we all want to go. It's where everything's great. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So seek. Are you hungering for righteousness? Well, if you are, then the way you get it is in the Holy Spirit. So the first thing we have to do, some of us just got to say right now, you just got to confess that you're okay with unrighteousness. Because the truth is, sometimes we're like, you know, I don't know if I really want that righteousness God stuff. 
I kind of like what the world's got. I kind of like doing my own thing. Well, then the first thing you need to understand is then you're not going to be filled with the Spirit of God. Not if you've got other stuff inside you. Okay, you guys, unconfessed sin. Your heart cannot be filled where there's unconfessed sin. So, and you know what? Most of us, we're okay with a little bit of sin. But I just got to tell you this, man, God's not. <laughs> He's just not. He so wants you to be filled with his spirit. I read the earliest week again. God cannot be mocked. You will reap what you sow. Okay? So, if you don't hunger and thirst for it, that's the first thing you just got to, you, you, maybe tonight you just got to be honest with God and say, you know what, God? Uh, I didn't even want to be here tonight. <laughs> Much less hunger and thirst after you. But if you hunger and thirst, he says he'll fill you. Now, why would you, if you don't want that, why would you change? Why would you turn to God and say, you know what, God, man, I really want you. Well, sometimes you just have to stop and think, well, what would be the consequences if I continue down this path? <laughs> I'll be honest with you, usually that doesn't work because you're like, ah, I think I can probably weasel my way around that. <laughs> you know, I'm reading the Old Testament right now. You know what God does? He actually lets us go down our path. It's one of the, it's one of the most horrific things in the Bible when God just says, oh, if you want to do that, then be my guest. And you know what happens? He lets us naturally experience our consequences. And then eventually what happens? You get in such misery and such pain and your relationships are so broken and your heart is so empty. And God's up there going, yep. And sometimes he even lets it happen. Sometimes he causes it to happen. Why? So you'll finally get hungry and thirst for him again. He is a good God. But you know what? We could turn it around and say, ah, I'd you know, the other reason you could change tonight is simply because you just really do believe God is so much better. He's your creator. He is your savior. He is your Lord. For some of you who are Christians right now, Jesus is your Lord. And I know you do. You're like me. I do want more. <laughs> I am hungering and thirsting for that. Then let's go for it. So now I'm gonna share with you, how do we actually do this? Number one, you're filled with the Spirit by faith, so you got to confess with faith. you got to confess. I think the first thing we have to do is we have to say, Jesus, I believe that you are the truth. Remember when he said that? I am the truth. So that means we have to have faith to believe that what Jesus actually says is right and wrong is actually right and wrong. Okay? How many of you struggle to believe what Jesus says is right and wrong is actually right and wrong? Okay, you just lied, and so now you really... I'm telling you, this is harder than you think. But this world wants everything in this world is saying what Jesus actually says is right is not right. And we struggle with that. That's the first thing you got to confess. Jesus, I believe you're the truth. So it's not what I think is right. It's not what the world is telling me is right. I'm confessing to you. I believe you are the truth. If you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit by faith, by believing, by trusting, you've got to trust. You have to trust what Jesus says is true. Man, that is hard in a world where nothing he says, well, not nothing, but a lot of what he says, the world is saying, it ain't true. Believe whatever you want. Follow your heart. Oh, the, the scripture says, it's wicked. Don't do that. All right? So whether it's, you know, what are the big three? Money, sex, and power right there. You just hit those three and see how you're doing on that. I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus today, are you being faithful with your 
God just said, that 10%'s mine, right? Are you giving it to him or are you keeping it for yourself? Right there. Oh, most followers of Jesus, I go, no, I'm not giving God his part. <laughs> well, why should I do that? Well, just read the Bible, read what Jesus says. <laughs> and then we struggle with that. Or when it comes to sexual stuff, holy smokies. What the world says about sexual stuff and what God says about who's, who are you gonna believe? Who are you gonna trust? There's a lot of thinking out there that goes, this is what I think. It's hard to say, here's what Jesus thinks. And when it comes to power, favoritism and pride in our lives. Oh my goodness, you guys. We look at people who aren't like us and we just, we distance ourselves from them. We give ourselves to certain types of people. We keep ourselves away from other types of people. Oh my gosh, that's just not Jesus. And we think it's okay. Oh my God, I gotta stop. There we go. And when that happens, then the next thing you do, when you realize that you have not, when you're living in sin, then you have to, if you want to be filled with the Spirit by faith, then you have to confess your sin by faith. You have to confess to God, I am not walking in your ways. And then you got to believe 1 John 1, 9 that says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You guys, here's your hope. Here's your hope. I, I, you guys, just so you know, I take communion every morning. I, I started doing this last year. You know Why? Because I know I need to sit down with God every single day. And I think through the day before and I hold his body and he says, here's my body that I broke for you. And then I remember that and I go, Jesus, you love me. That's what that means, right? The, the scripture tells, this is how we know what love is. That Jesus would lay down his life for you. So every morning I remember he loves me. And then I hold that cup and he goes, and I shed my blood to forgive you of all of your sin. So I think about the day before. Because you know why? Because come on, man, I'm hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Anybody else? I want it. And I'm not very righteous. So I got to get up every morning and I got to go back over my day before and I ask two questions to him. Is there anything I did yesterday you didn't want me to do? And I let him take me through my day. And whenever there is, I'm holding that cup of his blood shed for me and I confess it to him. And then I believe 1 John 1, 9. He says, I forgive you and I what? And I cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Who's gonna make me righteous? Am I? I don't have the power to do that, you guys. I can't change myself. But as I confess with faith that he forgives me, I also confess with faith that he is gonna cleanse me and make me righteous. That's good news. What'd you do? I tried really hard to not be so greedy. No, I confessed I was. And I let Jesus forgive me and I'm trusting him to cleanse me. And then he will fill me with his spirit because I just confessed it with faith and now I can go into my day. Man, I just want to tell you, you guys, we got to figure out how to, if you're going to be filled with the spirit by faith, you have to confess with faith. Bill Bright, who started Campus Crusade, he's, he just called it spiritual breathing. <laughs> he's like, come on, man, you're human. <sighs> what did I just do? I just put poison all over you. What did I just do? I just breathed in life. He goes, that's what you need to do. Confess your sin and breathe in his forgiveness. The quicker you do it, the quicker he cleanses you. And then you don't wander off. And the next thing you know, you're not living life that God doesn't want you to live. You're filled with the spirit by faith. You gotta confess with faith. Number two, if you're filled with the spirit by faith, you have to walk by faith. What's the second thing I ask him every morning? 
First one is, did I do anything you didn't want me to do? Here's the second one. Is there anything I didn't do that you wanted me to do? (laughs) I'll be totally honest with you. I got sins of commission. There are things I do I shouldn't do. The bigger sins in my life, personally, this is my own struggle, is when I don't do what he asked me to do. Whether that's because of fear or because I was too busy or because I just didn't want to, I didn't want to talk to that person. You guys have anything else yet? So, so here's the other thing. If I'm gonna be filled with the Spirit, then when Jesus asks me to do something, then I need to do it. Faith without action, we say it all the time, is what? Well, okay, so if I'm not actually doing what he tells me to do, the reason I'm not is because I don't trust him. And if I don't trust him, then what am I doing? That's, that means I don't believe in him. Okay? I, I, can, I, believe, he's the, I believe he's the Savior, But when he asks me to do something, if I'm not trusting him, if I'm filled with the Spirit by faith and by believing, in fact, Paul, when he explained his call to the Romans, to the uh, the Gentiles, here's how he said it. He goes, here's what Jesus is asking me to do. He said, he says, to call all Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for Jesus' sake. Now, this is super important because you don't work to get God's favor. Please hear me. You don't work to get God to fill me up. That's not how it works. But when he's working in you, he's working in you to do a good work. So I'm not doing it to get anything. I'm doing it because I've got it. And so then it says in Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit of God with all that, with again, his love, his joy, his peace, his patience, his kindness, the wisdom, the strength, the power, the grace. You can have all of that. That's how you live. But you actually have to keep in step. You guys, this is so true. Every step of obedience by faith. That when the scripture tells you to do something and you trust God and you do it because you believe in him, you'll experience God and the spirit will fill you you will get in step with the Spirit of God and he will infuse you with that power every time you do that. It's not just huge, big steps. It's every small step. Every time Jesus asks you to do something and you say yes, you, God, will take this and pour some more in and he will fill you with the Holy Spirit. Now I wanna go take this one step farther. I don't want to spill this over. I got it as full as I can. You know what's cool? If I just kept spilling it, though, I said maybe I should put some plastic under here. But if I just kept filling this up, what would happen? It'd just overflow. Jesus said, you guys, he goes, he goes, streams of living water will flow from within you if you believe in me. And then he says, and I'm talking about the Spirit. The Spirit of God, Christian follower of Jesus, is supposed to be so full in your life that if somebody bumps you, peace comes out and joy comes out and love comes out. That's how it's supposed to work. But I want to tell you this. This thing is as full as it can be. But if you really want to be filled with the Spirit, it means All of you, have you ever given God all of your life? Where you can literally look in the mirror and go, there is nothing else. There's nothing that I'm in control of. I have given God control of everything. Have you ever done that? 
I'm telling you, man, I have, and it is the most, it's the greatest rush in the world. So you might be filled like this, but you may have something inside of you where you won't give it over to God. It could be a relationship, it could be your job, it could be finances, it could be sexual. I don't know what it is, but look at this. If you would say to God, I give you this, I give you all of me, and you hand it over to him, He's like, oh, it's gonna get good now, baby. You had no idea I had this much more of me to give to you. Come on, you guys. Don't buy the lie that's submitting all of your life to Christ. Oh, if I give all my life to Christ, he'll send me to Africa. Okay, let's go to Eswatini, right? If I give all my life to Christ, he might ask me to give up my finances. Why? And you're going to lay up a treasure in heaven and when you get there, you're going to see him totally blind. We, we, we sit there, we go, oh my gosh, if I give all my life to God, he's going to make it. Oh, I almost said a word I shouldn't say in church. But isn't that what you think? Come on, can we be honest? The only reason we don't give him everything is because somehow we think we got a better life than what God's going to give us. That is a lie. Come on, everybody who knows me. From the pit of hell, and we're buying it. That ticks me off. That ticks me off. When God wants to fill me with his spirit, and I'm nervous. I can imagine, can you imagine one of my sons, his father's dad, can you imagine Caleb coming up to me one day when he was young and say, Dad, I just want to tell you, I just, I just want to do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> Good, man, I've been waiting for that. And get out there and mow that lawn. And get out. You know, we, we, we just think, no, man, if my son came to me and he said, I'll, give, I'll do anything you want, I'd be like, oh my God, I can't wait to give you life. If you want to be filled with the Spirit, it's done by faith. And you and I got to fight the fight of faith to believe that he is your loving God and your father who created you and has life for you and a purpose for you. And the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's robbing almost everyone, even Christians, from Jesus who said, I came to give you life to the, for the full. Dad, this ticks me off. Last one. You are filled with the spirit by faith. So ask with faith. This is the one I'm working on personally. Ask with faith. Now, let me just tell you, if you're sitting with a bunch of sin in your life and then you go, God, please fill me. He's like, I will just steal that. God, please fill me with faith. I, I know I don't want to do what you want me to do, but yeah, let's deal with that. Take that step of faith. Believe me. But you guys, once you've done these first two, then he's, he's just ask. Can I, here's my question for you tonight. Is it God's will for you to be filled with the Spirit? Say it again. That is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Look at this, 1 John 5. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know 
we have what we ask for. If that's true, then every moment of every day, you can go to God and say, God, your will is to fill me. You commanded me to let you fill me with your spirit. You fill me. My brother used to tell me he'd drive home from work and he'd be so empty and he's like, oh God, I don't even wanna go in that house. I got nothing to give my wife. My kids are a pain right now. And he would just stop a block away and sit in his car and he'd ask God to fill him with the spirit. I'm trying to do this, you guys. I'm trying to learn how to breathe. This is how God's telling me. Nelson, I'm right here. And you get a hard situation, what do you do? <gasps> breathe. Ask me. Look at this, Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, though you are evil, happy Father's Day, everybody, ready? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Ask him. God, I don't like this person. You do. I'm asking you to give me your spirit. God, I'm so angry at this person. I, I, just, I don't want to see him. I don't want to forgive him. You forgave him and you love them. Will you please fill me with your spirit? I'll be honest with you guys. I had a really, really crappy month a little bit ago. I was driving to work. I was driving here and I'm like, I don't even want to be here. I'm serious. I'm like, I was given the message even. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody in the lobby. And I don't even want to give this message. What do you do when you're a pastor? I sat right there and I asked him, please fill me with your spirit. And it was weird. I came up here and I feel like he spoke. You guys, are you hungering and thirsting? for God? Are you satisfied with a little scoop of ice cream? Or do you want to be filled? You are filled by faith. You receive it by faith. So what can we agree with? Let's do our A. What can we agree with God? What did he tell you today? That you and I just need to say, okay, I'm not thinking, it doesn't matter what I think. Here's what you tell me, God. Here's, what, here, here's the A. God's will for me is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you just put the A up there, Tim? I think we got, there we go. The first thing we need to do today is I'm gonna agree with God when he tells me he is commanding me to be filled with the Spirit. God wants me to be full of love and joy, peace and patience and kindness and goodness. Don't buy the lie of the enemy that you can wallow in your sin. And that would be the second thing. So now what needs to change? What's the C? What needs to change? We gotta stop buying the lie that we can live a half-baked mediocre, lukewarm walk with Jesus and he's okay with that. Remember what he said about lukewarm stuff? What'd he say? <laughs> like, come on, man. Don't buy that lie anymore. What else needs to change? Learn the truth about the spirit. Learn how to be filled. You, maybe today you're like, I didn't know I could ask him to fill me. Well, now you know that. You've been taught that. So let's do it. Stop trying and start trusting. For me, the biggest change for me this week is I'm gonna believe. Oh, here's, it's because it's huge. When you ask for faith, by faith for God to fill you, don't wait to feel it. Come a feeler, right? Because I'm like, I wanna feel the presence of God. No, he didn't say be, be filled with a feeling. He said, if it's my will to fill you and you ask me to fill you, 
then you by faith believe I filled you. That's my biggest application is when I ask him to fill me, I'm gonna believe that he did. I'm gonna start just believing it. And you know what's gonna happen? I think that's gonna catapult me to the T, which is to take the step. And some of you take the step. For some of you, it means a morning ritual of confession. That maybe that's what you need to start doing like me is every morning, just sit with God and ask him those two questions. Or maybe it's the practice of spiritual breathing, just confessing quickly and receiving his forgiveness. Or maybe you guys, you know God's been asking you to do something and you've been saying no. And if you want to be filled with the spirit, today, you're actually going to believe by faith and you're going to walk by faith and you're going to get a step with the spirit and he's going to fill you. All right? So here's where we're going to close. Come on up, Bam. We're going to take communion together. If you didn't get one of these, please raise your hand. And we have some people walking around with baskets who will who'll make sure that you have one of these. Okay? So let me, let me kind of walk you through in light of today's message. Go ahead and pull off the top, little cellophane, if you haven't done these before. Um, I think I might need another one. Thanks. Yeah, that's better. All right, so everybody hold this up. Here's what Jesus wants you to know today. Man, I love you. I love you so much. When you're powerless and you can't do a cotton picking thing, he goes, that's when I love you. When you're ungodly, he goes, that's when I love you. If you've been sinning, that's when I die for you. This is my body. It's broken for you. It's broken for you because I love you. But I want to tell you, the other thing I like to think about is that body wasn't just broken. What happened to it? It rose from the dead, y'all. The body of Christ rose from the dead so he can live in you. I am crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Christ lives in me through his spirit. Let's eat and remember his love and his presence in our life. And then this is so beautiful, especially when you've blown it. Jesus says, this is my blood shed for the forgiveness of all your sin. Some of you, might just need to hold this for a little bit and actually have a time with Jesus right now. Because I can tell you this, you can't be filled with his spirit if you're living a life of sin. But if you even tonight will confess your sin to him, he will forgive you and he will cleanse you and then he can fill you with his spirit. Okay? This is his blood shed for the forgiveness of all your sin. Let's confess it, that he forgives, but then let's also believe he's gonna cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's take and drink. Oh, Lord, this is such good news. Thank you that you saved us from the power of sin. From the penalty of it, yes, we are completely forgiven. 
but you have also given us the power of your Holy Spirit that you can fill us every day in every situation, in each unique relationship, in each temptation, in each situation, all day long, every day, we can ask you and you'll fill us. We can confess and you'll forgive us and you'll fill us. We can take one step of obedience and you get us in step with your spirit and you fill us. God, we know that we can't by our human effort live the righteous life. But we do believe tonight that we can by the power of your spirit. We need you, Jesus. We claim that right now. We need your forgiveness and we need your life and we need your spirit. And we ask for it in Jesus' name, amen. All right, we got one closing song. Here's your worship to him. It's just, I need you. (laughs) Just tell him right now, Jesus, I need you. Fill me with your spirit before I walk out these doors so I can make a difference, right? Let's stand and let's sing our closing song.